Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and Stevens Point. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning, again, at our campuses in Appleton and Stevens Point, all those who watch us on the internet and those who watch us on television. If you're watching us on television, do not adjust your set. I am actually wearing a jacket like this. <laughs> I actually have shoes that match it, but I didn't want to set people into epileptic fits, so I decided to tone it down just a bit. Glad that you're with us. Uh, we are doing a series, started last week, Pastor Bob kicked it off, did a fabulous job for, the, uh, for a three-week series entitled Legacy. Uh, what is a legacy? A legacy is leaving something of great value for others. In 1 Timothy, uh, he was a young pastor that the Apostle Paul was writing to. He says to them these words, he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth. Now, a lot of you right away think, well, that's not talking about me. But the reality is, if you have a roof over your head, if you have food you can put on your table, if you have water running in your home, you are wealthier than 75% of the world today. So comparatively, yeah, I think we'd all be in that rich category. He warns them, man, tell them, don't put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Instead, tell them to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So it's not like God doesn't want you to have the stuff. Just don't let the stuff have you. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way... They will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Talking about eternity, talking about heaven, laying up treasure in heaven so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. There's life and then there's real life. We're supposed to, as people of faith, be focused on the life that is real life. And that is not the life that we experience in this world. There is a life beyond this life, and you want to invest in that life. Why? Because heaven is really our true home. Randy Alcorn wrote a book called The Treasure Principle. In there, he gives us a great analogy. He says, the line is longer than the dot. He said, basically, our existence is the dot, and we are headed for the long line of eternity, a line that goes on and on and doesn't have an end. And encouraging people, warning us, don't live in the dot. Don't make everything about the dot of this life. 
This life is nothing but a blip on the screen of eternity. Don't get totally absorbed in the dot. Learn to live for the line. The scripture tells us that we have a blessed hope. Life does not end here for believers. But eternity is more than just something that we should acknowledge, as we just did when we recited together the Apostles' Creed. We believe in the life everlasting. It's good to acknowledge it, but it should be way beyond something that we merely acknowledge. No, eternity is to be far more. It's to be something that should be our focus. Now, the whole Bible, really, is about getting people to focus on eternity. Why? Because our tendency is to live in the dot. Make it all about the dot. I've got to live in the dot. and got to make it as nice as I can in the dot. Heaven, eternity becomes just a passing thought. And many have little to no treasure laid up there at all because they've spent everything living in the dot. The Bible says that we are to be focused on heaven. Paul in Ephesians, the second chapter, writes these words. He says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We are already seated, in a sense, in heaven. You say, how does that happen? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I can't understand. But the reality is, not only are we headed for heaven, in a real sense, we already have a spot there that is for us. And we are seated with Christ. Heaven is supposed to be our focus. Now, sadly, for many Christians today, nothing could be further from the truth. Far too many of us have our complete and total focus on right here, right now, we live in the dot. Here's the sad reality. The better our life is, the less we are interested in heaven. And here's the sad truth. If I were to come to a group of Western Christians, particularly American Christians, and I gave them the following offer, right now, I could take you to heaven, or you could choose to live here for eternity. The vast majority, no question in my mind, would choose to stay right here. Why? We're finally comfortable. You see, most of the world would quickly choose heaven because life is hard for most of the world. Very difficult. People all over the world have challenges we can't even begin to comprehend. We get so comfortable, our focus towards heaven becomes farther and farther weaker and we don't think about heaven much at all. We would quickly just pick to stay here. And I often hear people uh, say things, and I understand what they're trying to say, but they'll make things like, you know, I know Jesus is coming back, but I hope he doesn't come back before my wedding. You know, I, hope Jesus, I know Jesus is going to come, but I hope he doesn't come back before my kids graduate from college. I, I know Jesus is coming back, but I hope, you know, not before I get a chance to retire. And I know what they're saying. We all want these things, and I get it, but man, they're not kidding. They are not kidding. They seriously would put off eternity if they could so they could have these things. We are so focused on these things when the majority of Christians around us would quickly choose this life over the life to come. We are in a bad place. And the reason we are even there in the first place is because we've been so blessed and gotten so comfortable. It wasn't like that for the majority of the human existence. 
If you would take all the time of recorded history of mankind that's been on the earth for thousands and thousands of years and put it on a big line, obviously we are at the end of that line. We are in this little tiny spot right here. Now I want you to think about this. For all of this time, life basically sucked for everybody. You wanted to get somewhere, your best chance is a horse. For all of this time. And that's if you had the fortune to have a horse. Most of them walked. They walked everywhere. Well, that's got a bite. It was hard. Life was hard. Even not that long ago. I mean, we're talking the last 50, 100 years max, but even 50, the last 50 years were things that got really comfortable. Do you know for the most of human existence, if you got a headache, you ever have a headache where your head is just banging and clanging? <laughs> Do you know for the most of human existence, if you got a headache, tough. That's it. There's no Tylenol. There's no extra strength, etc. There's jack squat. Your head just goes <laughs> unending. You go to somebody with a big headache, say, you want to go to heaven? Yes. My head is killing me. If you got sad and depressed for the bulk of human existence, sucks to be you. They didn't have little magic pills. You take the pill and, oh, oh, suddenly feeling good. No, 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 no. They felt bad. They just felt bad. And there was nothing they could do about it. That's something I could go ahead and, oh, man. You got jock itch, man? Man, think what a drag that's got to be. You got an itchy butt? There is no itchy butt cream. Nowhere. You can't go to Walgreens. Hey, some itchy butt cream, please. You just walk around with itchy butt. You ever get a toothache? Oh, my, I mean, that thing just banging and clanging. Do you know for the bulk of human existence, and even still probably in the bulk of the present world, you get a horrible pain in your mouth, there's nothing you can do about it. The pain would eventually get so bad, they would take a chisel. <laughs> oh, man. That has got to hurt. And there's no Novocaine, Jack. They take the chisel, knock that tooth out. And you know what? They got to the place where they'd say, please knock it out. When you get to the place, you wish someone would take a chisel to your unnumbed tooth. That's a bad day for you. I thank God I got a good dentist. <laughs> Dr. Steve, 78 years. I saw so much as get a owie in my teeth. I call him <laughs> anytime, day or night. <laughs> I go to, he fixes it. You have no idea. You know people who have their teeth taken care of actually live longer than people that don't? You got bad teeth, it'll kill you. It will literally kill you. You got bad teeth, you need to call him. But for most of human existence, tough. Too bad. It gets really, really hot. Too bad. There wasn't air conditioning. You know, over the last... 50 years or so, there's been a great migration in our country toward the South, people living in the South. Do you know why? Air conditioning. That's it. I remember when I was a kid, hardly anybody had air conditioning. Even in the South, they didn't have air conditioning. You know what you did? You opened a window and prayed to God for some wind. 
Or you got a fan and you put it on you and it would just blow more hot air on you. Eh. Nobody wanted to live down there. Nobody wanted to live in Florida. Nobody wanted to live in Phoenix. Are you kidding? It's a block and a half from the door to hell. <laughs> Nobody. But not over the last 50 years, everybody's going down there. Why? Air conditioning. Life is comfortable. Ask them now if they want to go to heaven. No, man, I, I like it here. By the way, you people in the south, your air conditioning, y'all crazy. You ever go down there? Even if it's 95 degrees, if we, we, we walk around, we still take a jacket with us. You know what I'm talking about? Because the minute you walk into one of their places with the air conditioning, they got to set at 65. I mean, they could hang meat in most of their homes. <laughs> Cold, freezing. Say, we like living down here because it's warm. It ain't warm, it's freezing in here. Move to Wisconsin, man, you can get the cold for free. Man, they pay money to freeze in their houses. Ooh. Life was hard. The truth is, most of the world still has it hard. That's why most churches outside of Western culture, the songs they still sing about are songs about heaven. You guys remember some of you geezers my age and older? When that long ago, all the songs we sang in churches were about heaven. We would sing about heaven till there was no more breath in us to sing. Our focus was on heaven. We'd talk about Jesus coming back. Do you remember these days? <clears throat> it's all about Jesus coming back. We're excited. I can't wait. Lift up your eyes. Look to the eastern sky. I wonder if he's coming today. That's our whole focus. All our songs. I fly away, oh glory. I fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. Man, we sing songs about dying. Woo! Let's go! In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Remember these songs? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Everybody sing it again. When we all get to and we'd sing it over and over and over again. It was cool. Why? We're singing about heaven. We're getting out of here. Woo! Not today. Hardly hear any songs anymore today about heaven. Heaven, in a way, for many Western Christians, particularly American Christians, is a disturbing thought. Oh, I don't want to go there. Not really. I like it here. It's nice. I got a nice dot. I love the dot. My precious, my precious dot. Father along will know all about it. Father along will understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. Because we all going to die. We didn't even worry about answering all the questions everybody tries to get answered today. We didn't care. Why is that happen? Why is this happen? Why is that happening? I don't know. Who cares? 
We'll understand it all by and by. Not today, man. You got to answer everybody's questions. I want to know something has invaded the dot. Pastor, why is there an inconvenience in my dot? I need to know. We didn't care back then. We're always singing about getting out of here. People say to me, Pastor, do you, do you struggle? I know your wife's really sick. Wonder why? Nah. Why? Because we'll understand it. All by and by. Cheer up, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. My lovely redhead, she's still in the hospital this morning. She's been there for a week and a half. Now they're coming to talk to us, you know, about... You know, a lot of times when you, when you go in these places, they, they want to know what happens. What do you want us to do if your heart stops, you quit breathing? You know, and, and usually, I mean, if you've still got good strength and health in you, it's a, you know, my quick ticker quicks, slam it, get it going again, which is fine. I get that. But at some point, you start getting to the end, and they want to know, well, what do you want us to do? You know, do you want us to do heroic measures to keep you going? Or do you want a DNR, do not resuscitate? We said, man, DNR me, baby. Put on the DNR bracelet. Don't bring me. Actually, we should change it for Christians from DNR to DBMB. Don't bring me back. <clears throat> I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. Man, I slip into the arms of Jesus and you bring me back. I'm going to punch you in the face. <clears throat> Have you heard stories? Have you read stories about people who actually slipped into eternity? And how glorious it was. And then some idiot brought him back. And they're mad as a hornet. I read this one book. I think it's 30 Minutes in Heaven. Is that what it's called? 90 minutes? Maybe it's 90 Minutes in Heaven. Great book. If you ever see it, read this book. This guy tells an incredible story of how he literally was dead. Everybody thought he was dead for 90 minutes. And boom, he came back. And he still talks about how depressing it is for him. But once you have seen that, who wants to come back here? Goodness gracious. So they're slapping on the DNR bracelet on my Debbie. And, and it's hard not to cry and you feel bad. But I gave her a hug and I said, hey, baby, we've been looking for this for a long time. This is what we waited our whole life for. When we first gave our lives to Jesus, 16 years old. We were just a mess, smoking dope and taking LSD, which explains a lot. <laughs> See, you, you have visitors come to church and they ask you questions, you know, man, why is he talking about an itchy butt? I said, man, he used to take LSD, that's what the problem is. We asked Jesus in our life. He turned us around. And oh, man, since that day, we went, man, I can't wait till we get to heaven. I said, this is it. It's what we've been waiting for. It's what we'll be looking forward to. <laughs> Sadly, a lot of times we think, well, when they die, at least they're being comforted. Man, we're thinking about this all wrong. They're not up there being comforted. They're up there having a blast. Now I get a chance to travel all over the world. Usually I'm speaking to churches and stuff, but every once in a while, some big yo mama company 
They got money coming out their eyeballs. They call me up and say, man, would you come speak to us for 20 minutes? We'll give you an obscene amount of money. First class accommodations. Will you come? I said, let me pray about it. Yes. <laughs> I get on this plane. Man, I'm first class, baby. Woo! Some of these, especially overseas flights, that's great. If you ever do those flights and you finally land, you think, thank God we're on the ground. When you're in first class, you land, you go, dang it. I was just getting comfortable. Walk out, some chauffeur has my name on a big board. Mark Gunger. Mr. Mark Gunger. That would be me. Put me in a stretch limo, driving me around. $1,000 a night, resorts, hotels. Man, I used to post those pictures. I quit it because people were such jerks about it. Really, is it? Man, I can't believe you take the church's money and live like that. That a church isn't paying for that, you dimwit. I'm not even paying for it. I ain't paying for that. They're paying for it. It's free, praise the Lord. And I'll tell you what, when I'm on those trips, my friends and my family back home aren't going, oh, poor Mark. At least he's being comforted. They ain't thinking that. They're thinking, dang, they envy me. You know how many people volunteer to hide my suitcase when I travel these gigs? Some of y'all say, man, Pastor, if you ever need anybody to carry your bags, I don't got nobody carrying my bag. The chauffeur's carrying my bag. <laughs> I'm being envied. And somebody slips into heaven and says, oh, at least they're being covered. No, dang, they got it going on. Hallelujah. We need to put our focus in heaven. Don't live in the dot. We're looking toward the line. You got a chance to get on the line? Get on the line. DNR me, baby. Sounds like PBR, but it's different. <laughs> you remember PBR? Paps Blue Ribbon. PBR me ASAP. That was the ad, right? Don't PBR me. DNR me. Or PBR me and then D me army. That's probably even better. Little beard, they go to heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Inside each and every believer in Christ should be this pulling, this yearning, this desire to get out of here. If you don't have that, you know why? You're living in the dot. You're focused on the dot. It's all about the dot. My little dot, me and mine. I fear our wealth and our comfort has made us much more interested about living here. Than over there. Jesus warned a church in Revelation, the third chapter. This one church was really doing well, man. Prosperity, stock market was going nuts. He says, You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth, don't need a thing. But Jesus says, You don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You know, Jesus warned us about the comfortable state. He gave the parable of the sowers, of the sower. And he starts to explain what the sower, what the parable means in Matthew, the 13th chapter. He says, when anyone, anyone hears the message about the kingdom of God and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed that's sown among the path. These people aren't in church today. These people, they hear about Jesus or see some preacher like me on TV. It has no effect on them. Is Jesus? I don't know. Jesus, I don't know. That's 
That's those people. Then the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word, the good news about Jesus. Yeah, and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they don't last very long. As soon as trouble or persecution or somebody gives them a hard time and their family doesn't want them to live that way and their friends say, you're no more fun and why are you hanging with those Jesus freaks? They only last a short time. They quickly fall away. By and large, those people aren't listening to me this morning. Now, all y'all listening to me today, we're in the last two categories. The seed falling among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And when he says deceitfulness of wealth, he's not kidding. There's something about money and comfort that'll just rock you gently. to sleep. Don't worry about heaven. Don't worry about none of this stuff. Just relax. We become obsessed with the dot. It's all about here. It's all about now. I got my dot. I've been planning for the dot. Said the seed falling on good soil refers to people who hear the word, understand it. They go out and produce 160, 30 times what was sown. So what's the answer? To be poor and miserable? Nay, nay, I say, nay. I don't want to be miserable. I don't like when my french fries are cold, man. I don't like, I thank God for all the little pills and the itchy butt creams. Not that I have an itchy butt, but if I did, I would want the itchy butt cream. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I like being comfortable. But man, I try not to lose my focus. This is just temporary. All is just temporary. We need to keep the focus on the line. That's what we're living for. That's what we're doing. All of this is about focusing on eternity. Jesus talked about a guy in Luke, the 12th chapter. He says, the story says, I told him this, he told them this parable story. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Things were good. Times were great. Stock market was up. I mean, everything's going good. Prosperity. Trump has the stock market soaring. It's all good. He says, man, what am I going to do? I got so much stuff, I don't know where to put it all. They said, this is what I'll do. I'll rent a bunch of storage sheds in downtown Green Bay. I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones just for my stuff. I got all this stuff. I got to take care of my stuff. I got to store all this stuff. And I say to myself, self, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Hallelujah. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Woo! We're going to retire. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who's going to get all that stuff? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves and is not rich towards God. The moral of the story is everybody has a limited amount of time. You have no idea how much time you got told my Debbie yesterday, I said, you know the crazy thing about all this? I can still beat you there. Seriously. You know how many people just fall over? Dead. Brain aneurysm, gone. Heart attack, gone. Which I got to tell you, I hope mine is quick. I hope mine is, he's dead. That's what I'm hoping. 
That's, that's what I'm aiming for. What did he die of? I know he sneezed, man. He's gone. I want the quickest way out of here. And you don't know when that's going to happen. It could happen today. I was getting nervous when I said that. I said that one time. I was on Sweet Lady. Left the church on the way home. She died. Remember? Sweet Lady, she just went off the road. Just gone. Just like that. At first I thought, oh my gosh, I killed her. I said, wait a minute. I didn't do that. We're just talking about the reality. You don't know. You don't know. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make my dot this way. And I'm going to decorate my dot. And we're going to put in new curtains in my dot. And we're going to go to blinds.com, put in some new blinds. We're going to get some new floor, and we're going to make it nice. I'm going to save all this money because we're going to retire in the dot, and we're going to move our dot to Florida. It's going to be great because they got air conditioning down there now. I love this dot. Don't do that. You don't know you're going to be around and enjoy that dot. Don't focus on the dot. Focus on eternity. Now, as Pastor Bob said last week, on December 10th, we are going to be taking a special offering. At all our campuses. We're calling it the Legacy Offering. Now, what we've done every Christmas season, we've taken extra money. So this time we want to focus more on it. We're going to take this offering. We're calling it a Legacy. We want to leave a legacy. When you're dead, you want people to know you've been here. How many want to know? When I leave, I want people to know I was here. You know how you know? You leave a legacy. All kinds of legacies you can live. But one of the kinds you can leave is a legacy for eternity. Make a difference in people's lives forever. What we're going to do, we want to raise as much money as we can on December 10th. We're asking you to reach in, dig deep to the point that it hurts. If it isn't hurting, you ain't doing this right. If while on December 10th you can give something that doesn't, is really comfortable for you, you didn't do this right. I'm not saying kill yourself. I'm not saying destroy your family. I'm not saying don't pay the bills. I'm saying stretch. Well, I was going to take that vacation. Well, let's not take it. I was going to buy that car. Well, we'll drive this car for another year. We all got ways that we can stretch and sacrifice. Think about sacrifice, it stings. That's why nobody wants to do it. <laughs> on December 10th, we're going to take a legacy offer. What, what we're going to do, we're going to raise as much money as we can to invest in eternity. Say, Pastor, what are we going to do with the money? You know what we're going to do with it? We're going to give it away. Every penny of it. Every last dime. We are going to fill that pot as high as we can fill it, and then we're going to dump it out. And we're going to give it all away. We're going to help orphans. We're going to provide water for the thirsty. We're going to help the needy. We're going to visit those in prison. We're going to reach out to as many people as we possibly can with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to dump it all out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor, we, we could use that money to, you know, get nicer carpeting. Or we could, yeah, I know. We'll fix all that stuff over time. We got to deal with stuff. I get it. But this one, we're just going to throw it all into eternity. Now, every investment manager that offers an investment is by law required to warn you about the risk of the investment you're about to take. They say, read the perspective carefully. What that is, is you could lose all that money. You got to warn them by law. The nice thing about encouraging people to invest in eternity is there's no risk. <laughs> there's no loss. Hallelujah. So I want you to think about it. I want you to be intentional about it. I want you to pray about it, and I want you to plan for it. Don't walk in here on December 10th in Stevens Point, Appleton here, and go, oh, yeah, I forgot. I want you to talk about it. I want you to think it over. Talk to your wife, your husband, your family, you kids, your teenagers. You think, what can I do? Maybe I can, you know, clean some extra stuff or go out and get some odd jobs. I'm going to raise some extra money. 
because I'm coming in here with some extra money and I'm going to give it into eternity. I'm going to invest in the line. I'm going to focus on the line. We need to learn to give ourselves totally to God. We need to act like stewards and not owners. You know what an owner does? They own everything. If you think this is my money, this is my paycheck, this is my house, this is my car, this is my stuff, this is my retirement, all of this is mine. Well, then you're acting like an owner. Don't act like an owner. Live like a steward. You know what a steward does? He handles other people's money. You need to think this is not my car. This is not my house. This is not my paycheck. This is not my retirement savings. None of this is mine. All of it belongs to God. I am a steward of what God has blessed me with. The beauty is if you will be faithful with God, what God has given you, he'll bless you with even more. Why? Because he knows he can trust you. Live like a steward, not like an owner. Change your thinking. View everything through the lens of the eternity. Be intentional. Intentional. Focus. Don't live in the line. I mean, sorry, don't live in the dot. Live in the line. Focus on the line. Make it about forever. Don't live in the dot. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth, your kindness to us. You're so wonderful to us, Jesus. Lord, you did all that you did coming into this earth, sacrificing yourself on that cross for the sins of the world. Why? Because you're focused on the line. You're trying to get us all focused on the line. Help us, Lord, not to get rocked to sleep with the comfort that we have. We thank you for the comforts. I thank you for it. I like being blessed. I like stuff. But help us not to get rocked to sleep by this stuff. Help us not to be thinking, oh, man, I, I don't want to go to heaven. Help us all to look anxiously forward. This is it. This is our time. This is our chance. We're moving on. Because we've just been passing through this place. We're not the dot people. We're the line people. God, help us to have those kinds of hearts. Help us to be wise and to invest in that which is definitely coming. Only a fool ignores the inevitable. Help us, Lord, not to be fools like that person in that parable. Help us to be wise. Help us to be filled with hearts that yearn, yearn to be with you. And help us to live in such a way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you.